bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. Follow us on Twitter at iGuestInfo. Send us your questions and we'll try to answer. Now enjoy the show. I'm really excited about our guest today. Born and raised in Mexico City, Chef Patty Yenich is on a mission to show the United States that real Mexican home cooking is not everything that we've come to expect. The official chef of the Mexican Culture Institute and the star of this PBS popular show, Patty's Mexican Table, Chef Patty is here with us today. We're going to talk about this fantastic cookbook. I even hesitate to call it a cookbook because it's so much more than that. But we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about eating good, healthy food that's easy to prepare in a Mexican tradition style. Thank you, Patty, for coming on. Patty? I lost Patty. Well, I just had Patty on the line just a moment ago. I'll try her back and see if I have her back on the line. Hello. Patty, are you there? Sorry? There you are. Okay. Here? All right. <laughs> just a little technical difficulty there. <laughs> Sorry. It would sound as if I'm all the way in Mexico, but I'm not. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me on, Laurie. It is really a treat. Well, it's, a, it's absolutely a treat for me. Why don't you tell everybody kind of your background, Patty, and, and you know, we, you came from Mexico City, and then you came to the United States. You have, you've had a full, full life and career, and then you kind of switched over from, you know, politics sort of to um, to being a chef. Can, can you take us back to, to, to your childhood in Mexico City and then kind of, you know, just quickly bring us up to, to date on where you are today? Absolutely, Lori, but I'm going to make all your audience dizzy from so much zigzagging. Um, <laughs> but I I started in Mexico City, where I was born and raised, and um, I was always very prone to do things that had to do with reading and literature and philosophy, and I wanted to study social sciences, ended up studying political science, and wanted to be an academic. I always been an idealist and wanted to do things that would, con you know, help improve um, democratic institutions in Mexico and the situation of immigrants. And anyway, then I married my husband, who is also a Mexican, but he found a job in Texas, and we were going to be there just for a little while. We just wanted to start our marriage on our own because we both have very large families. And we thought, you know, just a little time away will be great. We moved to Texas, and the moment that I touched the U.S., I became insanely nostalgic about Mexican cooking and Mexican food, and that's when I started cooking. But I, I only saw it as, you know, part of my home life, what would nurture me and my husband and make us feel at home and connected to our family. So I kept studying, and I worked in, you know, different places. Then we were going to go back to Mexico, but my husband had another offer to move to Washington, D.C., and we thought, you know, we can be there for just a little while. It's been 15 years here in, in the U.S., Laurie. <laughs> um, anyway, um, with three boys that were born here in the U.S., they call themselves Mexican-American. When I say we're Mexican, they're like, no, ma. You are Mexican, we are Americans, so we compromise and we're Mexican-Americans. <laughs> but, um, but food has always just connected me to my home country and 
my kids to their family, and at the same time, it has helped me grow roots here in the U.S., and I kept on studying, and I worked as a political analyst, and then there just came a point where I was so obsessed with food that I resigned, and I thought I was jumping into the totally unknown, like, culinary abyss, and I took a plunge, and I took a chance, and haven't looked back. Well, and thank goodness that you haven't. Me- Mexican food is really, its it's been popular for a long time, and it seems like it's continuing to get popular. Is, is that what you're seeing as well? Yes, I think it's very interesting, Lori, because I see that Mexican food is having, like, the opposite trajectory as French food. I think when French food was introduced to the U.S., not many people knew about it or the techniques or the ingredients, whereas Mexican food, everybody's familiar. It's just like Mexico and the U.S. We think we know each other. Everybody knows a taco. Everybody knows an enchilada. But the truth is that there's so much we don't know about each other. So everybody knows Taco Bell. Everybody has had taco night. But now that we have access to most of the ingredients and everybody's familiar with the terms, now it is the time to go into the nuances and really share what Mexican cooking is about. And it is not about what most people know. It is not the Tex-Mex fast foodie style. It is not overly spicy food. It is not creamy and sauced up food. You know, there's a world of salads and soups and vegetarian choices and vegetables that exist in Mexican homes um, that people are not familiar with. Exactly. And uh, I was sharing with you a little before we came on. I I grew up in Southern California, and I lived in a very multicultural community. And we would eat at each other's houses all the time. And just what I loved about your cookbook is because when I would go to my friend's house who were Mexican or Cuban or, you know, somewhere from Latin America, I wouldn't see the kind of food that I see in a Mexican restaurant. I would see all kinds of different foods, which is a lot like what you have in your cookbook. And so it really (laughs) took me back to that place. And uh, I thought that was so great because it's, it's not all cookie cutter enchiladas and tacos like what you were saying that we get in a fast food restaurant. It's so much broader. Exactly. And it is, you know, you know how you know if you go into a Japanese restaurant and you don't see Japanese people. If you go into a Mexican restaurant and you don't see Mexican people, it's it's probably not very Mexican. And I think right. you you can really taste Mexican food if you go into a Mexican's home. And it doesn't have to be that all the family is Mexican. Maybe there's a Mexican aunt, a Mexican husband, a Mexican neighbor. But it's just the sharing of all the tips and tricks. And most of the things that are extremely simple to make, you know, um, that well, give it that sort of warmth and color that Mexican food is known for. Well, absolutely. And I had never even considered um making a chimichanga. It just looked too hard. But the way you made chimichanga was so (laughs) easy. You didn't even deep fry it. You just uh, sauteed it. You said we could bake it. It was so easy to make. I think I'm going to make chimichangas for one one thing. But it it was, you you took it out of that Tex-Mex kind of, 
big deep fried arena and just showed us simply how to just, you know, make it and put it in a little saute pan and and it it looks so much better and more healthy. Yeah, and you know what I think? It is just some of the dishes and some of the ways of cooking that can be made fast and have been turned into fast food here in the U.S. that have popularized Mexican cooking. But even if you, in Mexico, you go to a street stand, you know, street food in Mexico is very famous, but it's not fast fried food. Mexican food that you find in the streets, it's generally food that has been cooked in someone's home and then taken to the street where it is just assembled. So it is usually very healthy for use of fresh ingredients. You know, me and my friends, we laugh when we hear all these, let's shop local, let's shop, you know, organic, close to home. In Mexico, we've, we've shopped local for centuries. That's what we do every <laughs> week. So it is, we have this respect for local ingredients. And, and, you know, I started growing my own chilies and my own tomatillos and my own tomatoes in my backyard. That's how much I enjoy the, the freshness of ingredients. Absolutely, and that's an easy way for people to start. Um, I just saw someone the other day had started a salsa garden, and they were just planting the things that they would put in a salsa, but it was oh, their first awesome. time they had done a garden, and so uh-huh. they thought they could do it in, you know, start there. And I, oh, I, I my they, gosh, I love, I love that concept, Lori, a salsa garden. That's fabulous. <laughs> so you got to start somewhere. Yeah, no, it's great because it's all cheap and easy to grow things. It's tomatoes, cilantro, jalapenos, and white onions. Couldn't get cheaper. That's, and then you could be the salsa king or queen of the neighborhood. <laughs> That's fabulous. Who, who taught you how to cook, Patty? So I have to tell you, everybody in my family is a much better cook than I am. My mom is extraordinary. My grandmothers were both fabulous. My sisters jumped in the cooking world long before me, and they've shared their tricks and their shortcuts and, you know, all of the things that have worked for them um, I've, I've benefited from, you know. In my family, food is really a big deal. Um, so it's been sort of communal knowledge, you know, passed down. And then I love doing research. So I will plan research trips to the different areas of Mexico that I still don't know to see what else I can learn. And I also love meeting up with Mexican cooks that are here in the U.S. and sort of exploring what they are doing with Mexican ingredients, just like me, you know, having the distance also gives you the freedom to play a little. Sure, sure. Do do you find that the art of traditional Mexican cooking is being lost as the generations kind of progress and women are more out in the workforce? Yes, you know, I think that, that, that is such a great topic, Lori, because I think it is happening and it does happen, and I find that people really crave it. I get lots and lots of requests from people all over the U.S. You know, they their grandmother used to make this recipe, and there's not a recipe to find. Their mother used to make this, and she never 
taught them how to make it. You know, all these things that get lost either in translation as people move from one country to another or get lost through time because, you know, unfortunately somebody died or somebody moved mm-hmm. and and people didn't learn how to make those things. So when I get those requests, I feel like I'm on a mission and I really try to give people those links that will help them make the chain of their family stronger. And I think, you know, we're not at a risk of losing traditional Mexican cuisine because people are really craving it and really trying to to learn it even though it is being lost people are making big efforts to regain it and and sort of um write it down and pass it along well i i do think we have gotten better about writing things down because we've learned our grandparents didn't write things down they just made it up in their heads and and they they knew how to make it, but they never wrote a lot of things down. But I think we've exactly. learned from that. I think I think we're writing things down. <laughs> exactly. Hopefully the the cloud thing doesn't blow up because now all we do is write in our computers. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is very true. I wanted to talk about how you say we all should have a blender for sure, and how how you say it's like your extra hand in the kitchen. No, no, my blender is like my other spouse. He's like, (laughs) I can't live without my blender. I love my blender. I take it wherever I go. I've gone to extreme situations when I've had to fix it. And I, it's just, we use blenders all the time. People think that in traditional Mexican cooking, we use the mortar and pestle, the, the, the molcajete. And that is mainly used now either for decoration or for when you want to give that extra flavor. But you don't see Mexicans in their homes. You won't see me doing a a salsa in a mocajete on a Tuesday night at 7 p.m. We (laughs) use blenders. Wherever there is an electrical source, there will be a blender, no matter if you're north, south, east, west, any area of Mexico or in a Mexican home anywhere. We use blenders to make salsas, to make smoothies, to make soups, to make ice creams, to make desserts. I mean, we just use blenders for everything, and it's so it's much easier to use than a food processor, first of all. And mm-hmm. um, and it's just so easy to clean and to keep. I never even put it away, Lori. It has like its reserved space. It has its its special chair in my kitchen. It has its counter space, and that's where it goes, and that's where it stays. Well, that is a really good point because my blender, when when I was reading about you saying that about your blender, I went to look for my blender. I didn't even know where it was because I stopped. <laughs> I only had it for margaritas, and <laughs> um, I quit drinking margaritas. Or actually blended margaritas. I drink them on the rock. So, I, I mean, didn't lose my mind or anything. But uh, and it was all dusty. And I got it out, and I told my husband, I'm like, we're going to leave this blender on the counter, like Patty says, and we are going to make stuff out with it. <laughs> and what did he say? Are you crazy, woman? Well, he looked at me. He said, he, he said, we, he said, who's going to make stuff with it, you or me? And I'm like, well, I'm going to read about it because he's actually the cook in our family. But um, oh. I'm going to um, I'm going to read about it, and then I'm going to give it to him to do. Unless he doesn't do it, and then I guess I will do it myself. Because 
it does appear in your book that I could actually accomplish this. And I was I was telling you this earlier. These are not complicated. You really streamlined them down for the dummies like me because if there's lots of ingredients or lots of prep, my eyes kind of glaze over and my eyes roll to the back of my head and I just can't grasp the overall concept just by looking at the instructions on yeah. the cake. And your instructions are very <laughs> oh, yes. You know, I really try to focus in this cookbook. There are many Mexican recipes that are very laborious and complex, like a mole poblano or a chiles en nogada. But those recipes, what people don't know is that those recipes are made at weddings and quinceañera parties, and people get together to make them. The vast majority of Mexican cooking and home cooking is very simple. And I tried in this cookbook to include all of the things that can be made on a weeknight and that have, you know, no more than 10 ingredients, um, Mm -hmm. including the tortillas or the rice and beans or the avocado. And, And I really make it a point to streamline a recipe as much as I can without compromising its soul, without compromising the flavor, but making accessible for people who are not familiar with the Mexican cooking techniques that although are very simple, if you're not familiar with it, you'll be like, what am I supposed to do, you know, when you see a new term? So I really try to make it as easy as I can and to spell it out, you know, in in the simplest of ways. You know, I I try to think of it, if someone was trying to teach me how to cook Chinese or Japanese, how would I I feel comfortable with it? You know, even if it's a miso soup, I want to know what dashi is, what the wakame is. So I, I made a point of making sidebars on the ingredients and how to choose them and buy them and how to keep them in your home, when to know when they're good, when to know when they're bad. Yes, and you get an A for that because you did a really excellent job on that. It just, it, it was so, it was a big revelation to me. And, I, you know, I just the simplest things were hard for me to wrap my brain around when it came to cooking Mexican. I didn't know if I needed to go to a Mexican store to get the ingredients. I didn't know if they were in my regular grocery store. So I never even made the attempt because I didn't really even know where to start. But you've made See, it really yeah. simple. That's the thing. That's, why I just, that's the thing. And that's, that's why I just go out for and that's why I ended up just going down the street for Mexican food because I couldn't even get my which wasn't super great Mexican food the way I knew <laughs> Mexican food, you know, it was just kind of now what's become restaurant Mexican food. But, right. but you well, made it. You can make it at home, yeah. Yes, I and, can. and it's more know, healthy. Yeah, it's more healthy, Lori. And also, Mexican food is super accommodating, just like us Mexicans. I mean, there's so many things that you can make ahead of time and repurpose. Beans. Or chicken tinga, you know, you eat it one day with a side of rice. It can be white rice, brown rice, whatever rice you want. And then the next day you can have chicken tinga quesadillas or a chicken tinga sandwich with avocado. Or, you know, and all of these foods, all of these dishes and stews that you prepare, they love sitting in their refrigerator. They get nothing but better. 
Definitely. You, you, you were talking about that on, um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce, um, uh, because I'm really good at butchering um, people's languages, but you had made, oh, and I wanted to talk about this too, there's a whole section on desserts, and yeah. and there's more to Mexican desserts than just flan. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. You, 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 you you had uh, made it was a little pound cake with sprinkles on it, and it had like a, um, a apricot a, a apricot glaze oh, and then dipped yeah, in sprinkles. And you were saying yeah, yes, and you said they're better the second day. That that made me remind me of that. Exactly. There's so many things that are better the next day, and it's just an excuse to make cooking even easier because. You know, on a Sunday night or when you have that extra hour, you just squeeze it in and make it. Many salsas and pickles and sauces, you make them ahead of time, and then when you want to eat them, you just heat them up and dinner is ready. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's some other foods that you have to make right in the moment, and that generally doesn't happen to Mexican food. Right. Well, you covered vegetarian food, seafood in this uh, in this cookbook, uh, desserts like we just talked about, and also drinks, which I also really like drinks. Um, I, I'm liking to see those be incorporated into cookbooks now because the drinks are such an important part of the social gathering as well. Exactly. And it's, there's kid-friendly drinks. There's many drinks that you can make for grown-ups if you add alcohol or if you skip the alcohol, you, you make them for kids, and they're delicious, too, and they feel like they're being treated, too, you know? Exactly. Yeah, because when a kid has a special drink, then he knows that he's or she's, you know, shown up at a at a special event as well when there's, you know, something like a, like the Jamaican water or, you know, the lime and mint water, which I'm going to make today, as a matter of fact. But there's so many different things, and it was just in the pictures. I don't know who did the photography in this book, but they just did a fabulous job. Oh Everything my gosh, Penny just... de los Santos, Penny de los Santos, who is an incredible photographer. She did the photos, and she she made the food look so beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it's just it was absolutely gorgeous. I mean, you cover side dishes and main courses, and meat and red meat and poultry. I mean, it's just oh yeah, right and here at your fingertips. Exactly. Like people don't think about salads when they think Mexican food. And we have the most gorgeous salads that are simple to make, simple simple to prepare, and it has, you know, exotic ingredients that you can find everywhere. You know, like I have a salad with an avocado dressing, or I have a salad with watermelon and tomatillos. Um, you know, there's just like the jicama, and it's all these ingredients chayote squash, which are so healthy and easy to prepare. Oh, definitely. And you have all kinds of different salsas to make. So if we start our salsa garden, we could get some of your salsa recipes that are in here too and and incorporate those. <laughs> exactly. It's just a matter of four or five ingredients, and you can have a salsa bar. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, it all looks so wonderful. The avocado and hearts of palm salad. That's super easy to make. And also, you know, salads don't always have to have lettuce in them. Because I know, like, for example, my kids, if I give them a salad with lettuce, they're like, oh, no, thank you. But if I give them that salad that has 
the chunky and meaty hearts of palm and chunks of avocado and sliced little tomatoes and pieces of corn that are crunchy and sweet. I mean, they go all over it. So it's just a matter of, of how. And also, you know, we don't have taco salads. That's that's another creation that who knows where it came from. But you won't find one in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and and that's what I love about this book because it really shows you what traditional Mexican cooking is, and it's healthy and it's easy, you know, to, to some degree. Um, you know, that, that there are some things that you know require a little more of your attention, but every good meal does. But there's just yeah. so much, you know, to to broaden our, our way of thinking outside the traditional crunchy taco, soft taco, enchilada, chimichanga. I mean, that's really it, you know, chips and salsa and a margarita, and we call it good. But it's so much more than that. And like you said, it's a tradition, and it's it's really special. Yeah, and it's from morning till night. You know, we have a wide array of eggs that make you feel like breakfast is not just like a get up and go, but something that it's worthwhile to sit and eat, you know. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. No, yeah, I think uh, I, I I even think that if not my favorite, like one of my favorite things are Mexican breakfasts. Mhm. Yeah. Well, you were making some with um. I, I saw one of your shows the other day. You had one with um. It was really simple the way you made it too, with poached eggs, and there was like some um. Oh yeah, uh, I have those in the book. There's super easy to make. So instead of poaching the eggs in just water with a little vinegar, like blah, how boring, you poach the eggs in a chunky tomato sauce that has poblano chilies in it. And it's not spicy, but it's like a, there's an Italian version of those eggs. Do they call them like eggs from hell, eggs al infierno? And, and this is like Mexico's version, and it's like an entire meal, and it's really it's, it's easy to make, and it sounds exotic. So you make some of these food for your friends or your husband, and they will think that you slaved in the kitchen, and it really took an hour. <laughs> and it only yeah. and you had your blender out. I noticed that too. I'm like, oh, there she has her blender. <laughs> exactly. Now, um, another thing that you talk about is in in Mexico, and we don't do this in the United States, but we should, but um, the families on the weekends, it's all about families and not really running the kids around from soccer practice to here to there to everywhere. You guys sit down together and you'll spend the whole day with food and family and just talking and hanging out. I think that's just a wonderful tradition. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? We we do that a lot here. We haven't enrolled our boys in many of the team sports precisely because we don't want to, I don't know if they're going to be mad at us later, but, you know, for us weekends are really important to have a long breakfast and have them involved in cooking and really taking a break from the week. Exactly. Well, and that's kind of where you find out what's been going on with everybody and 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 catching up and reconnecting after long, you know, a, a long week that even children have their stresses. You know, a lot of times absolutely. we forget that ourselves, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. 
Well, your show is on PBS, and it's called Patty's Mexican Table. Yes. And it is just a fantastic show. It's on 30 Minutes. You're starting your second season. How exciting is that? So, yeah. So now I'm actually, Lori, I'm in the middle of shooting for season three. So wow. season two is out. Yeah, and I'm having so much fun. And it's like I couldn't do enough seasons because there's just so much food to share, you know. I, I, would, <laughs> I, I just don't tire of it. There's so many things to explore, and I really enjoy it. So thank you so much for watching. That means a lot. No, I really enjoy your show, but it's 30 minutes, and it's on PBS, and everybody can check their local listings to find that. And then Patty has a fantastic, I hate to say a cookbook, but it has so much more than a cookbook, but it, it, it's a cookbook. But there's so much tradition in it and where things came from and taking you back to Mexico and how things evolved. Um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful book. And the show is just, you're funny. Um, you do not overcomplicate anything at all when you're you're teaching us how to cook. And it really has inspired me to try some things. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to um, testing this out on my husband or him testing it out on me or something. But but I'm I'm really going to try because we have really got into eating healthy in our home the last year. And so we've strayed away from going to, you know, traditional kind of Mexican restaurants because of all the cheese and heaviness. But when I got your cookbook, it was just, it took me right back. I'm like, we can eat Mexican food because there are light <laughs> things that aren't buried in, you know, cheese and calories and that type of thing. And, and it, it reminded me of, of eating at my friend's house when I was young. And, and I'm like, she's right. She's absolutely right. This is how, you know, Mexicans eat in their home. Exactly. So I do hope you get to cook some to your husband. Well, I will let you know. I'm, I'm going to try some of the shrimp dishes first and maybe those crab cakes because I'm really, I'm really, really liking seafood. But, um, People can go to pattysmexicantable.com to find out more information. Um, please watch this show on PBS. Patty's just a lovely, lovely person, as you can totally tell. And, and and we can do this. I really feel like like we can cook these things. Oh, thank you so much, Lori. It's been a pleasure. Oh, it's the pleasure has been all mine, Patty. Thank you so much for coming on, and I'm going to get busy cooking, I think, and I encourage everybody <laughs> else to do the same. Great. Thank you. And anytime you want to talk more Mexican food or culture, you know where I am. I would I would love to have you back. I would love to have you back, and, we'll, and we will talk more. In fact, I will try to um, cook a few things, and then I'll let you know how that goes. Fabulous. Thank you, Patty. Thanks for coming on. Patty'sMexicanTable.com and Patty's Mexican Table on PBS. Tell all your friends. Thanks, Patty. Thank you, Lori. All right. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There's no reason why we can't become better cooks, and I'm I'm the first one that has to learn has to learn that because I am not a cook. I always think everything's super super complicated, but it's not in this book. She's made it just as simple. I mean, she has made it as simple as it could possibly be. So check out CaddiesMexicanTable.com. You can also find her on Twitter, and then her show that's starting its third season, third season, but on PBS. 
um, Patty's Mexican Table. We're going to go out today with an indie band from here in Seattle. Their name is Sea of Misinformation. These are really great guys, some of the nicest, nicest people you will ever, ever meet. They really care about uh, just their fellow man. I mean, they're just super nice. If you would design somebody uh, in in the arena of kindness and niceness, it would be these guys. So I'm going to play one of their songs for you today as we go out. And this is C Information, and we are going to play, uh, let's play Wagon Wheel. They sent over seven, uh, several songs, but we're going to play Wagon Wheel and give them a shout-out to the guys um, at Sea of Misinformation in Seattle. Have a great day. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.